You're listening to Her Voice Matters with your host, Jordan Murphy. This podcast is a safe space for women who have faced traumatic experiences in their lives. And with each episode, we will focus on creating a brighter future that will empower women to heal, grow, and thrive after trauma. So embrace your unique voice, reclaim your power, and step into your full potential. And now, here's Jordan. Welcome back to the show, ladies. Today, we have a very lovely guest here with us. We have Stephanie Stevens, and she is here today to discuss post-divorce dating, which I am super, super pumped about this, just because I'm sure that it's you, you guys know it's crazy out here in, in the dating world. So without any further ado, welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. So give me like a brief overview of, of who you are and your story and what you do. I, I believe that you're like a licensed practitioner, correct? I'm a certified EFT tapping practitioner. So yeah, EFT is is kind of a cousin to EMDR therapy. So it's just a way of, um, it calms your stress response and helps you kind of address all those underlying subconscious beliefs that keep you, you know, keep, we, we all have them, the things that keep us stuck. So, and it helps you really process emotions. So that's kind of my gig. But um, as far as my story, I, um, we're talking about dating today. I went on my first date when I was 43. And oh my uh, <laughs> I was, I was married for 20 years prior to that, but I grew up in kind of, uh, if, if you're familiar with the Duggars, kind of Duggar adjacent and in the late nineties when that whole, um, I kissed dating goodbye and all that anti-dating rhetoric was really big in, in the evangelical Christian world. Wow. And so, um, I had, we had a very strict courtship process when I met my ex-husband and um, no touching. It was basically an eight-month interview process, just making yeah. sure that our beliefs aligned. And I remember that when I accepted his marriage proposal, the first thought that went through my mind was, I just promised to spend the rest of my life with somebody I barely know. And even though we had been talking for a long time or for you know a number of months, at some level, I knew that knowing about somebody and knowing somebody were two completely different things. But it didn't stop me, I guess. Right. <laughs> Because we were together for 20 years, um, five kids, and wow. then I got divorced. We split three and a half years ago. So yeah, that whole process has sort of, um, I did not have any intention of dating or being with anybody ever again. After that, I really thought that I would just be happy to be by myself for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And so about, I guess about a year after we separated, I started to think, maybe one day in the future, I might be open to the idea. Like that's as far as I could go. Maybe I would be open to it. So I started to sort of like crack the door on it. And then after about another year, so two two years, I've been on my own for two years. I just had a day where I was like, I really don't want to be alone for the rest of my life. Like I, mm-hmm. I realized, I think I had to give myself permission to acknowledge that we are biologically hardwired to for companionship and partnership and love. Exactly. And, you know, this whole... Um, and I was very happy on my own and I think it's important to learn to be happy on your own, but I think that, that culturally, sometimes we swing to the opposite end of the spectrum where, um, we almost vilify our desire to be with someone or to have a relationship. And so I kind of had to you know, come through the pendulum swing to realize that it's completely normal to desire a relationship. So 
that night I set up a dating app and I went on my very first date the next day. <laughs> what app was it? Um, it was Facebook dating, which is an absolute cesspool, honestly. Oh my but, God. I thought you were going to say Tinder. No, 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 not Tinder. Who are the ugliest men on that app? Just on dating oh, apps in general. Did you notice that? Well, I, I, Facebook dating is rough. Like I didn't realize <laughs> until I tried some of the other apps and I was like, but I the first my first date was it was a really sweet experience he was definitely not somebody that I would want you know have have seen again but he was so kind (laughs) and so sweet like it was just the perfect first date and then I went on I ended up going on four different first dates that week I went from zero dates to four dates I was oh my goodness and I called my sister Hannah you know Hannah yeah and, and she was like she was single at the time. And she was like, I haven't even been on that many first dates in the last year. And Dang. I was like, I have never dated. I didn't know. Like, I didn't know. Was- <laughs> and so I was like, okay, maybe I need to slow my roll here. Cause you know, I mean, it was, I wasn't going on second. I mean, I wasn't accepting any second dates. I was just like, let's see how this goes. So, <laughs> I know it, it is funny looking back at the time. I just, I was clueless. And the mm-hmm. other thing that Hannah, uh, taught me kind of had to coach me on is she said you've got to quit taking everything so seriously I think coming out of that sort of evangelical um courtship minded like every date is so heavy like it's so intense and it's basically an interview for marriage or for a long-term relationship and I had to learn to sort of take it a little bit take myself less seriously take the process less seriously and just learn to enjoy it learn to go enjoy meeting new people mm-hmm. enjoy the experiences not make everything so heavy and intense and and that benefited me but it took me a little while to get there because i really wanted to be in integrity and um i assumed that everybody was on the apps for the same reason that i was like they were out there you know they were ready to find a partner and that's definitely not the case anybody who has been on the apps knows that's not true yeah <laughs> You were probably in for a really shocking experience then. Did you oh, have a lot yeah. of like guys that just wanted to hook up? You know, not a whole lot. Um, I actually, I don't know. I don't think, I think I, I didn't really give off. I don't know how to say it. I was, ha- I, sorry, you might have to edit this part out. I, my words are just you, gone. No, you're fine. You're good. <laughs> um, so I had a divorce coach. Um, at the time. And she did some dating stuff too, for women who were divorced. And she taught me to say no early. That was her thing. She's like, learn to say no early. And so whenever the vibe was off, like, I'm not talking about like prematurely pulling the plug on something with potential. Right. But I learned like if the conversation got weird or if I felt weird about it to, Mm -hmm. you know, to move on. So I went on a lot of first dates because that was kind of my mantra. And I may have taken it a little too far. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I learned to say no early. And I'm sure that there were guys who would have sort of been into the hookup thing. But I, yeah. I just didn't. Hardly anybody got to a second date. So Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it is. Oh, it wow. is. Looking back, I'm like, well, it was it really, I'm surprised that I didn't get more of that. But I think I kind of ended those conversations pretty fast. Yeah, that's really smart, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to get, there are some people, I did find a couple of times, there are people who will just, they want to go back and forth forever. And I'm a single working homeschooling mom. I don't have time to waste. I knew what I wanted. And so I'm not going to sit here and have a big conversation about why this isn't a thing. I always like let them know, like, I'm not 
you know, I'm, I'm going to bow out. Right. But I didn't ever, like, it just wasn't for me to get in the big lengthy back and forth over everything. So yeah. I feel like it, it's exhausting. Yeah. I feel like too, like what? I feel like it's absolutely exhausting to go back yes. and forth and deal with that anyways. <laughs> yeah, it is. I didn't have the capacity for it. So anyway, um, I did have one, well, I had several funny experiences, but one that, that was uh, kind of interesting. I was talking to this guy on the app and he asked me out. So I said, yes. And he was like, well, I'd like a phone call before we go out. And I was like, that's reasonable. So he called me. I'm so glad he did. Because he called me and the first thing he asked was if I pay my taxes. And I was like, because I'm self-employed. And I was like, what a bizarre way to start the conversation. Like, this is just weird. So then he kept, like, he was really hyper and really intense and, and actually felt very familiar to my past experience. Like, just really pushy. And he kept saying, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? Like, just real. And I was getting more and more, like, this wasn't feeling good. And then toward the end of the conversation, he wanted to tell me about his past as a male stripper and oh not, no judgment. I mean, everybody has a past, right? Like yeah. both stuff. But he was very proud of it and he was presenting it like this was some, some, um, like this was a big point for me to want to date him. <laughs> and I got off the call and I was like, this just felt, this was the weirdest conversation. And so I, I just don't think I really, I don't think I really want to go on this date. So I did. I messaged him and I'm like, you know what? I'm just not feeling it. And I think I'm going to bow out. And then I blocked him because I just didn't want to, like, again, I didn't want to deal with the back and forth. <laughs> but Doctors and strippers. That's funny. <laughs> there, are some, there are some lingos out there. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Yeah. Continue on with your story. I'm yeah. here for this. Okay. Um, well, I think one thing is that coming at it without any cultural or experiential context for dating, it kind of forced me to be super strategic. Um, and I just didn't, like I said, I didn't have the time or the capacity to like play around. And so I sort of came up with some guidelines to help me figure out who I wanted to swipe on. Um, some of them were like, Sorry. Well, I mean, it's you know, like just practically, yeah. if somebody didn't have, if somebody wasn't motivated enough to fill out their profile, they're probably not going to be motivated enough to invest in a relationship. Like things like that. That's I had a long yeah. list of expectations. I mean, expectations. I did have expectations, but a long list should, of occupations yeah. that I didn't, I, I didn't want to date. Um, anything that had like a high rate of like cheaters, narcissists, or, or um, domestic violence. Not that I didn't think that there were good guys in those occupations, but right. at the time, I just didn't feel like I had the capacity to filter through them. Did and you ever so find I, one that didn't have those character traits? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Wow. That's a good thing. The, the occupation one, I ended up, after I got more confidence, I ended up kind of softening some of those. And I'm glad mm -hmm. I did because I did, um, you know, it worked out well. And I'm glad that I was able to sort of, but I had to grow to that point where I trusted myself enough to be able to process and work through those things. Right. Um, and then just some, I had to develop some good boundaries around feeling safe going on dates. Like I would always share my location with somebody. I would always send my sister, usually a picture phone number, all the information I had about them, where we were going to be. Um, and great. that made me feel confident enough going in that if anything did happen. You know, I mean, I felt like I was going into it, doing it in a smart way, but yeah. then somebody was, somebody had my information and I, I wasn't just out there and wild by myself. Yeah. That's really smart. That's great. Yeah. It worked out well. It made me feel yeah. good. Um, and then, so yeah, 
So I just, I went on a lot of first dates. I do, I, I guess I have a cautionary tale about how not to get into a situation ship though. <laughs> hey, let's hear it. I thought, I guess I thought, you know, we're in our forties. We're out here dating in our forties. Like we're mature, like situationships are, that's something that happens with kids is kind of what I thought. Well, let me tell you something. If you are dating a guy for a while and he starts the, let's just go with the flow. I don't see a reason to put a label on it. Let's just see where this goes. I learned that probably he's going to hurt you. <laughs> like if, yeah. you're, if you've dated for a while and that's, but I didn't know. I mean, I, right. dated, so I didn't know. Yeah. And I, I went out with this guy for a while. And I still think the world of him. He really is a genuinely wonderful person, but didn't really want to do, put any commitment on it. And, mm -hmm. um, and that felt good to me at the time because I was like, we've both been through so much. I think going really, really slow feels good. And, but what I noticed, you know, I've, I've heard that you need to pay attention to how somebody makes your nervous system feel. And mm -hmm. what I noticed is that the longer we were together, the more anxious I got. Like when we would be mm -hmm. together in person, I would feel good. And then when I would go home, I would be waking up almost in a panic attack. Oh my and, goodness. And I would, what kept going through my mind is like, the closer we get and the more I, you know, kind of get attached. I said, I just have this fear that something's going to happen and he's going to do a 180 and bolt. And that's hmm. exactly what happened. And I always, I call it our bat wow. signal. You know, we're always putting out data. And I think that mm -hmm. subconsciously I picked up what he put down. I think he really just, we all come to these things with our own baggage and our own experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think that at a subconscious level, I knew that that's what was going to happen. Wow. Um, and so that one actually threw me back in therapy. That was, that was hard because I really thought I had found my person. Dang. And now I'm so grateful we didn't end up together. Like now I can see that it wouldn't probably have been a good thing, but at the time I was just devastated. Right. And, of course. Uh, therapy was really good. Like that was such a wonderful growing experience. And the conversation that my friends and I have, cause I've got, excuse me, I've got several friends who are kind of in the same boat, similar ages, all dating after divorce. And um, kind of the conversation that we have a lot is every connection is a learning experience, whether it's a conversation on an app, whether it's a single date, whether it's somebody that you see for a little while, everyone can be a learning experience that builds on itself so that you're prepared for whatever, you know, to, to get what you're ultimately shooting for yeah, and to be course. in a healthy relationship. And the benefit of as painful as it was, the benefit of that was that I grew so much and learn so much. Um, one thing that I learned is I thought I was ready to date, but I wasn't. Hmm. And going into the sort of our subconscious, you know, beliefs about ourselves, mm -hmm. I, I realized through that, that I believed that I was dateable, but I didn't believe I was worthy of being chosen and prioritized and cherished and kept. Wow. And so I really had to go inward and do some internal work and rewire my beliefs about myself and what mm -hmm. I was worthy of, because I really do think that we attract what we believe. You know, yeah. if, if I believe that about myself, that's what I was putting out that I didn't exactly. really think that I was worthy of that. And yeah. I think that's why I kind of tolerated the go with the flow thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's so, really yeah. And well, it was, I had to learn it. <laughs> I learned it right. the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> but that is really what prepared me for the relationship that I'm in now, because I kind of, I, I went to therapy. I was still really struggling with the emotional part of it. And I did work with an EFT tapping practitioner. And that's really what um, helped me process the emotions and really sort of like bring it to a close and resolve it internally so that I could 
really invest in something new. Yeah. And um, so I got back on the apps after a while because I was like, it's time to stop feeling sorry for myself and put myself back out there. And I really didn't expect to meet anybody right away. I was like, I just need to kind of get some new experiences under my belt. And, but about a month after I got back on the apps, I met my boyfriend now, and he has just been the sweetest surprise. And that is wonderful. The most wonderful soul. I was, I was so um, hesitant just because I guess, because I wasn't really expecting to meet anybody so quickly. (laughs) And I was like, "Eh, you know, I don't know. I don't know about this. And he just kept impressing me with, you know, his character and his self-leadership. And we've had this conversation on our second date. He told me some stuff and I was like, I am really impressed. Like, this is really impressive. And um, so anyway, yeah, we've been together for almost a year and it has just been, it's been such a, it's been such a different experience because um, going back to the the whole nervous system thing Mm -hmm. and the anxiety that I felt in that other relationship, whether he wanted to call it a relationship or not, that's what it was. Right. Um, and then being in this relationship and I have not had a minute of anxiety. I've had a couple of things, wow. my own, you know, my own things and I processed it and worked through it. Yeah. Um, but in terms of our connection, no anxiety, anxiety at all. That and is amazing. It is because I wasn't expecting that. In fact, when I went exactly. to therapy, I was like looking at like attachment styles and all the, you know, mm-hmm. buzzwords around relationships. And my therapist was like, I was like, I know I'm just anxiously attached. And she's like, do you think you're anxiously attached or do you think you were having a normal response to an abnormal situation? And I was Ooh. like, Oh, wow. Yeah. That's something I think about. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel like and that happens. I, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I was no, going to say, I feel like that, that happens so much like with women, like we just ignore the red flags. I knew it like it did with me. Like I had anxiety the whole entire time and I thought it was me yes. and I walked away and I haven't hardly had it one bit. Yes. It's crazy. Yes. Continue on. We blame exactly. ourselves, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> so it has just being in a relationship where there is an anxiety and where it's just mutual and respectful and supportive. And it, it's like, I finally woke up and I'm like, this is what it feels like to be loved. Wow. And, you know, I know what it feels like to be used. I know what it feels like to be led on. But yeah. this is the first time that I have known what it felt like to be loved. Dang. And, and so, how, how old were you whenever you felt that for the first time? 40. Let's see. Well, I just turned 40. So 44. Wow. That's crazy. I'm yeah. so happy for you. <laughs> for real. <laughs> you should be. So in conclusion, though, what's one piece of advice that you would give to these ladies out here that are in the dating world world right now after divorce or leaving a toxic relationship, whatever yeah. it may be? I think one is to take time to heal yourself and mm-hmm. and to be healed enough. I don't think you have to be a hundred percent fully healed to date. I, like, I think you'll be, you'll, you'll never date if you do that. Right. And I think the other thing is to realize that it's never too late and that there really are good guys out there. I think that we sometimes we start talking to other women who have come from the situations we've been in mm-hmm. and we kind of get in this echo chamber where everybody's <laughs> stories are awful. And so we think every, we think dating is always awful. Exactly. And I actually had a couple of weird experiences, but overall it was wonderful. And then, you know, in the end I have had such a wonderful experience. So don't give up, you know, keep going and um, learn from the, the experiences. If you can keep yourself from, from letting it scare you, if you can just see it as a learning experience and build on that to, you know, build on what you're learning to move to the next level, 
I think there's there's somebody out there for everybody. So that's awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. That was phenomenal. So we'll be sure to drop like your Instagram link and stuff like that in the description below. So if you ladies listening want to talk to Stephanie or get into her, is it EFT? Is that what it's called? Can you talk like just briefly a little bit more about that to the people listening real quick? Yeah. So EFT stands for emotional freedom techniques, and it was originally developed as a trauma tool. Um, it, but it literally, it's, it's a weird little, like it, it really is, it feels weird when you do it, but it really is super effective. And you literally tap on face and body points. They're the same points that they use in acupuncture. Okay. So, and, and it calms the stress response in your brain. And it, it really, once your stress response is calmed, then it can help you identify the subconscious beliefs because 95% of we, what we do is driven by our subconscious. Right. And yeah. once you start, you know, and, and dating is an example I often use, um, you can want a relationship, but keep choosing emotionally unavailable people or, you know, not to victim blame, but I like, like our brain sometimes will tell us these stories or be on this default track. And what right. we want consciously is not aligning with what we're actually doing. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and so learning to sort of dig down under the surface and like I did, like having to identify what I really believed about my worth and what I really believed about my expectations in a relationship. Um, it helps bring those subconscious beliefs to the surface. And then um, as you work through it with a practitioner, especially, you can sort of identify those limiting beliefs and subconscious thoughts and the stories that are driving you. And then it makes it much easier to rewire and get the results you want. So wow, that's, that's it in a nutshell. There's a lot more to it, but <laughs> that's awesome. So like, do you do like virtual online coaching and stuff like that with women? Sweet. Yep. Yes. I awesome. Do. Yeah. We yep. will drop your link in the description below. So, <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next time. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Her Voice Matters with Jordan Murphy. Our mission with each episode is to help resilient individuals rebuild their lives, regain their confidence, and overcome obstacles that may be holding them back. To make sure you don't miss an episode, remember to like and subscribe this podcast. And as always, if you or someone you know is experiencing abuse or trauma, please seek professional help and support. See you next time on Her Voice Matters.